Welcome to StatsCast on Wednesday, January the 5th, 2022. Happy New Year, everybody. And we've made it. We've made it across the threshold of 2022. And, uh, well, it's not been that easy. But uh, Rooney and I are out. It is 8.21 in the morning. Sun has just arisen. And uh, it's quite cold, actually, I would say. I haven't even checked the temperature, but uh, well, I can check it on my watch. Got one of these fancy watches now. Weather, 10 degrees. Huh? See, it's quite cold. <laughs> Not, I know, to you guys in the UK and you guys in America, or the East Coast of America. But to us, this is a relatively cold day. Which is odd because yesterday was so hot. We were out sunbathing. Ah, wait, Rooney, come here. Come here, come here, come here. Uh, <laughs> let me get my mask on. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. How you feeling? Uh, a bit rough, actually. Yeah. But, uh, I'm sure it's the same, but she's... Has she got it? She's passed two tests. Uh, well, did she go to a clinic to do it? or? Oh, that's why I did mine, yeah. Well, I, I passed three times, but I knew I had symptoms yeah. doing it myself yeah. in a home kit. Yeah. I thought, I'll get somebody else to do it because maybe I'm not pushing it far enough up my nose or something. And uh, yeah, positive. We've all got symptoms. So I think the whole house has got it. But, uh, we are a COVID house. We should have put an X on the front door. <laughs> Anyway, you're okay, are you? Yes, well, I'm... Thank goodness. I'm a little bit, little bit snotty, but, you know, you, you sort of like think, well, you get a bit of a cold, you know, it'll automatically think... Well, that's what I thought, because I kept testing negative. I kept thinking, no, it's not. It must be just... Yeah. Over what period? Well, I... Yeah, about five or six days, you know. Yeah. So we've got to isolate. We're supposed to be isolating, but... been off for probably three weeks. Jilly? No, Shirley. Oh, Shirley, really? And a friend of ours was also, she was really sick for like a month. Well, it can be. Blue, but she tested ne negative. Yeah. Well, my neighbours got all of his family have got it right next door to us. Have they? Uh, yeah. And uh, I think there's quite a few people getting it now. Yeah. Um, Paul and Ali. Paul and Ali, obviously, Best yeah. Ali. Yeah, I think that's why well, I don't know where I got it, but uh, gonna go, you, can, you can get it anywhere, just out yeah. in the supermarket. Yeah. Could have been New Year's Eve. Could have been New Year's Eve, probably was New Year's Eve. Anyway, take care, give my love to Shirley, tell her I hope she feels better. Okay. <clears throat> right, sorry about that. A little bit of a uh, COVID conversation, but yes, you'll have picked up from that that uh, I have contracted COVID. Anyway, we'll, we'll move into the, uh, out of the intro now, and uh, move into the main body. But before we do that, thank you for, uh, for joining us. The Stutzcasters, I know, have been uh, doing their sort of holiday things, and I see from the numbers that you're gradually coming back, so thank you for coming back. And I hope, uh, I hope none of you guys have picked up this dreaded Omicron 
strain or I, actually I don't even know that that's what I've got all I know is I've got COVID they don't tell you what strain you've got but anyway it will pass so thanks for joining us and off we go What's well, interesting podcasting whilst I've got COVID on. If I'm sounding muffled, it's because I put my mask on when I was talking to. That was Nick Petty, one of our La Heredia fellow residents. I put my, I think I'll put it down now. That's better. Put my mask down. Isn't it strange? We've all got to wear masks, carry masks, be ready to. Slip them on at the drop of a hat and you see another human being. <sighs> Luckily for you, for you, Rooney, you don't have to wear a mask. Although, there is a rule in Spain that any dog over, I think it's, what is it, 30 kilos has to wear a muzzle. And I'm afraid, Rooney, you're well over 30 kilos. <laughs> but, uh, well, We'll wait until somebody insists. So, I suppose, yes, we better deal with this uh, COVID issue to begin with. Um, well, if, you'd listen, if, if you've listened to my sort of Christmas time podcast, you might have picked up that I was sick on Christmas Eve. <laughs> but half an hour before I had to go and play Father Christmas for our neighbour's kids in the Santa suit and the beard and everything. I started to really sweat and feel awful. <clears throat> but anyway, kept myself at their distance and uh, did what I had to do. Next day was Christmas Day, so couldn't get a test, everything was shut. Boxing Day. Went down to a, a proper centre and got a test and they said no negative. Ooh, okay. That must just be a cold. And then uh, On New Year's Day, I started to feel better actually. On New Year's Day, Christina and Maya weren't very well. So, again, I thought, well, it must be just what I had. It's just sort of a cold. Mine was definitely sort of almost gone. And uh, so, just thought, well, you know, one of those things. We had a big party on the 27th. Um, Curry theme. I think I mentioned it in a previous podcast. Uh, now, that is a prime suspect because <laughs> there were sick people there. Um, and then, uh, of course, there was New Year's Eve, also a prime suspect. That was down at the Heredian Bar, main bar for the village. Um, and obviously with it being New Year's Eve and everybody being drunk and then Happy New Year hugs <laughs> I got a strong suspicion no really don't oh Lenny Happy New Year Lenny um that's a very strong uh whoops you tripped over there uh, yeah, strong suspicion that that might be where uh, I picked it up, or we all picked it up. But you just don't know, because 
Yeah, we've been uh, out. We went out for Chinese meal on Sunday, I think it was. And you just cannot tell. I mean, it's it's so virulent. The strain is so infectious that uh, you know it's almost better to catch it and be done with it than to try and dodge it. I don't know if that's good advice. <laughs> Probably not. But uh, anyway, we've got it now. And, you know, the funny thing about dogs is, uh, you know, for about three or four days before I actually really came down with it, Rooney kept coming up to me, sniffing me and staring at me. And Maya was saying, Dad, why is Rooney staring at you the whole time? <laughs> and he was, he was just staring lovingly at me. And I kept thinking, does he want to go out? I kept letting him out, no? Um, does he want food? No. And uh, it's just a hunch. But I suspect that dogs can tell when their human friends are sick. There's something maybe in the and the scent that we give off, or I don't know what it is, but he has definitely been mollycoddling me. <laughs> Wouldn't leave my side. Every if I went upstairs, he went upstairs. Everything that I did, he wanted to do it with me. I went into the kitchen to cook. He sit in the kitchen with me. <laughs> he doesn't normally do. <laughs> he runs. Yeah, just looking at me wouldn't take his gaze off me. So perhaps dogs can tell. Who knows? But unfortunately, you know, yesterday, well, he did get a walk yesterday. We did take him out. We were walking at a snail's pace because all three of us, Maya, Christina and I, all three of us are suffering. I'm the only one who had a test because we felt like it wasn't unnecessary for all three of us. But, uh, yeah, we've all got it. Christine's actually quite bad. Maya's got a sort of face rash from it, which is unfortunate, of all places. You have to get it on the face. Um, I've got a rash too, but it's in the middle of my chest, so that doesn't matter. But, uh, yeah, the, the, well, I mean, I don't think we could have caught it. There's another time we were down at the Heredian, was it Sunday? No, Sunday? Yeah, yeah it was Sunday, because after the Chinese, I think. Yes, we went into the Heredian for one on the way home. And uh, there was a bit of a crowd in there because um, Liverpool were playing Chelsea. And uh, so we thought, well, we'll go in to watch a bit of that because, you know, Liverpool Chelsea be a good game. <coughs> so. Actually, this is this is embarrassing. Um, Christine was chatting away with some of her friends. I was I was sitting next to Big John, as I call him, <laughs> this giant guy called John. I suppose I must be known as Little John by by association. But um, I was chatting to Big John and uh, watching the football, and it was pretty quickly Liverpool got two nil up. You know, and I, and I I prefer Liverpool to Chelsea. Sorry to all you Chelsea fans, but so you know. But I'm not a, a Liverpool fan particularly. Even most of the people in the bar are Liverpool fans, particularly the owner Paul. 
But, you know, so I said to John, well, you know, we really want Chelsea to score to make it more of a, you know, an interesting game. <laughs> he looked like, what? Don't say that. I said, well, no, just to even it up a bit and make Liverpool keep trying. <laughs> and, uh, you know, because the rest of the bar heard that and they were like, oh, God, <laughs> how dare he? <laughs> anyway, sure enough, not long after I said that, Chelsea scored. 2-1. Uh, OK, I said, well, it's going to keep everybody on their toes. <laughs> then, and then this is the embarrassing bit. Then, quite shortly after that, just before half-time, there was, uh, you know, Chelsea had possession. They, they, they you know, they went on the attack, you know, right up into uh, Liverpool's half. And then there was a cross that landed on on the Chelsea attacker's put Pussilich, I think he's called. It landed, he didn't even have time to control it or anything, he just stuck his foot out and uh, belted it right off his toe. And uh, it went straight into the goal and it really didn't, he didn't have time for any control. It was a complete, you know, well, I wouldn't say fluke, because the guy's, you know, obviously a professional football player. But it was just a toe punt, straight into the goal. Now, unfortunately, I shout out, what a punt! <laughs> and because, you know, quite a few people in the bar, my it, it was a little muffled, and the whole bar fell silent. And everybody turned to look at me. And even Christina said, John, really? And I, and I suddenly realised what they might have heard me, misheard me say. And I said, no, 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 punt with a P. I said, what a punt. And the bar all kind of turned away in disgust and I said no no people I didn't say what you think I said uh, the trouble you can get yourself into anyway <sighs> that's that's the honest truth I mean why, why would I say that I'm not, I'm not even a Chelsea fan I'm not a Liverpool fan <laughs> anyway suffice it to say it finished 2-2 very dull, nothing much happened in the second half, except for the fact that we probably contracted COVID. And uh, so from henceforth, I shall refer to the Heredian Bar by an alternative name. I'm going to call it the CDC, the, Sen <laughs> the COVID Distribution Centre, because <laughs> that seems to be where everybody's contracting it. It is actually quite a nasty strain. Even though people say oh, it's not as bad as others, I don't know because I haven't had the other. But my sort of main problems have been a, a sort of a constant cough, which won't go away. And if you cough, cough too much, it gives you a headache, and then, uh, back of your eyes ache, and uh, joint pain, and feverish. Not not right now, obviously. Otherwise, I wouldn't be on this walk. But I've got to isolate for seven days. It's only Wednesday. So I've got to isolate till Friday. No, Sunday. <laughs> Hang on. Uh, 
and you've got to have three days with no symptoms. So I couldn't hand on heart say, I have no symptoms right now. You might be able to hear it in my voice. Anyway, it's a bit awkward because you can't, I mean, I don't know what you do about grocery shopping. We got through uh, the last two days of just what we had in the house. But, uh, I think we've kind of eaten up most of the good stuff, unless we live on pulses and uh, tin food. We're going to have to go grocery shopping. Hey, Runes. He says, I'm all right. I got all my food. Hey, Runes. Are you looking over the edge there for? Yeah. Oh, yesterday. Not yesterday. It was obviously before we started isolating. It was like two, three days ago. We were driving down the hill towards the shops. And uh, on the side of the road, I saw this enormous black wild boar, dead, you know, lying on its side, feet sticking out. God, it was a big thing. I don't know how it died, whether it got hit by a car or something. But, uh, whew. Yeah, and then you realize, well, if they're that big, and they're sort of all milling around, then, well, that must be a particularly big one, I think. Must have been a big male. But, uh, wouldn't like to get into a confrontation with one of those ruins, or you. I know you think you're indestructible. Oh, it's a nice morning. I've said it's cold, but it's a nice, clean sky, clean air you can see for miles today. We've had the most extraordinary weather. It's been quite something. We, on New Year's Eve, I awoke to a an absolute carpet of cloud which came right up to my bedroom window. I mean, not not beyond my bedroom window. So it's strange, it was like, you know, I actually opened my window and looked out and it was light. You could reach out and touch the clouds, like living in heaven. <laughs> that must be what it's like. Well, some people's artists' impressions. You know, and uh, I could see nothing below because the cloud covered everything except one very tall just the top of one very tall crane sticking out of the cloud it was a surreal experience <laughs> it was like you know if, if 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 we were mountaineers climbing up annapurna and we were on camp four <laughs> or something like that looking you know down in the early morning that must be what it's like and it stayed like that the whole day. In fact, it got worse. Oh, wait, Ruth. Oh, here comes uh, Christina and Mia. Oh, I'll keep it going, she never stays long to chat, so we'll just keep it going. Except my nose is beginning to run. So I've got, I've got to stay away from everybody. But it's okay so far? Yeah, it's not that bad, but you know, <laughs> just a cough and a cold like, yeah. like symptoms. <laughs> All right, anyway, stay healthy. One tends to uh, underplay it when I was talking to others in case they scream and run from you and panic.
yeah you feel kind of dirty when you've got COVID come on Rooney come on good boy there's my good boy his first time he's had a good run for a couple of days hang on sorry to be silent for a second yeah well that was an extraordinary sort of weather feature and uh it got worse, so the, the cloud rose and engulfed the whole of our village. Lahiris, you couldn't see a damn thing. I mean, really, you couldn't. Maybe you could see 10, 20 feet ahead of you, but that was it. And uh, anyway, it's New Year's Eve. So we wanted to go to Rhonda, which is like a 45 kilometer drive up the mountains to the uh, ancient, ancient city of Rondo town, city, I don't know, it's big, quite big. I mean, it was originally founded by the Romans, can you imagine? And then, you know, the Moors and then the Christians. In fact, there's one gate, one, one place in Rhonda where you can look through a Roman gate to see a Moorish gate beyond it, which leads on to a Christian gate. It really does emphasize the, the culture and the history of the place. Um, but, but yeah, so we wanted to go to Rhonda, but we always go to the same place. So I asked one of our neighbors, um, you know, do you have anywhere, because they live here, I've lived here for years, do you have anywhere favorite that so you like to go to when you go to Rhonda to eat? And uh, Ju Julia, she's called, she said, yes, um, Casa Ortega. Now, this this kind of appeals to me because I've just finished reading a book by Hemingway called The Sun Also Rises, <clears throat> which was his first ever novel, and uh, it it's well half of it is set in Pamplona. He goes to see the running of the bulls and the bullfighting fiesta, or corrida, a corrida de los toros. It, actually, I digress for a second. Did, did you know? But there's no word. They don't say bullfight in Spanish. They don't say that. They say corrida, which means literally running of the bulls. They, they're suspicious of the translation bullfight. Anyway, that's digressing. <coughs> sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, so um, I think we're going to turn around here, Rins. Uh so I'd really enjoyed that book. The first half of the book is set in Paris, and it's quite interesting because, you know, he's, he's mixing with, well, a lot of the, you know, artists and, and, you know, community in Paris in the 1920s. Really interesting. And, and this is the post-First World War generation, who, the, you know, often known as the forgotten generation because they, you know, well, they lived like they were going to die tomorrow, you know, because after the First World War, everyone was so sort of terrorized. It's like, well, we've got to have fun now because we might die tomorrow. And they lived like that. You can tell by the way Hemingway writes it. I know he's not, it's not autobiographical, but it must be slightly autobiographical. The amount they drink, they just never stop. <clears throat> but, um, 
Yeah, so so the bullfighting character, Pedro Romero, well, there was a Pedro Romero from Ronda, very famous, but he was earlier, he was like in the 18, ooh, 1820s, so maybe 100 years earlier. But anyway, Hemingway calls the bullfighting character from, from Ronda, Pedro Romero, and of course the, you know, the, the lead female, Lady Brett, she's called, uh, Lady Ashley, I should say, Brett Ashley, um, she, she, she's English. She falls for the bullfighter. <laughs> it's all rather tragic, but it's a great story. In fact, I didn't realise how classic it was. I somehow I'd missed reading that one. I would read it if I was you. It, you know, the first half is not as good as the second half. Um, but I think I wasn't really concentrating enough when I was reading the first half. Really good book. Anyway, as you would expect from Hemingway, it's packed full of bullfighting. And Ronda is, you know, claims to be one of the homes of bullfighting. And uh, so we get we get into Casa Ortega. I've completely lost my. Notice this is right in the centre of Ronda, um, and it's a kind of three-storey uh, town building restaurant and you can tell it's been there forever but it's but it's posh and because we reserved uh Rooney they've got basically two levels they've got street level rooms we're going this way they've got what they call the serviceria which is the sort of the beer beer floor um which is you know spills out onto the street and that's for you know all the tourists who want to eat on the streets. It's right near the main square, and uh, then if you book, well, not I don't know this was going to happen, but we did book. You know, you go in, and most people just wandering off the street, and they stick them out on the street wherever they can. And it's warm enough on you know on New Year's Eve to eat on the street. So, but I went to the guy and I said, "Excuse me, we're uh, we've booked a table." Ah, you booked a table? He said, "Oh, in that case, you're on the second floor." I said, "Really?" Yeah, so, you know, and it's elevated to get up there, so we get up to the second floor and it's a completely different atmosphere, you know. Well, we were the first people in, 1.30, they eat late in Spain, and uh, there were cabinets of bullfighters, you know, matadors um, costumes, you know, all up the stairs, and this, this place is steeped in bullfighting history. And, uh, of course, the costume of Pedro Romero is there and I'm thinking I just read about all this I know it wasn't that Pedro Romero but that's who he named him after and uh, so I'm kind of like oh I'm in my element with all that love it and uh, you know into the second floor gradually streams in all the all the Spanish you know this sort of like snobby Spanish and uh, of course the restaurant's much better than uh, your average you know there's no russian salad on the menu or uh, you know all that kind of nonsense <laughs> it's all it's all really really nice stuff i had some starter which was I don't, god knows it was some sheep's cheese which the waiter you know was, was eulogizing about and it was worth eulogizing about because it's really so good um Oh God, Maya had a sort of a blackened bacalao, what's that card? 
starter dish. I had um, baby goat. It sounds gruesome, doesn't it? But oh god, it was good. And uh, god, what does Christine have? I think she had a salad type thing. It was really the whole thing was it was just a, a, a cut above, you know, what we've had recently, and, and everything we've had recently has been good. Um, and the wine, you know. Then just uncork it, they decant it for you, you know. Now, Ortega, uh, I didn't think about this, but when I went back to Julia to say, you know, thanks for the recommendation, we really, we really loved it, uh, she said, oh yeah, well, it, Ortega is a very old and famous Spanish family. I said, yeah, really? She said, yeah, they used to be famous for their vineyards, Ortega or Sherry originally. I said, oh, I think I've heard of it. So yeah, that's who owns it, the Ortega family. So if you're ever in Ronda, and uh, it's not cheap, I mean, it's no more expensive than any restaurant in London or New York, but uh, not particularly cheap. Well, I wouldn't say it was expensive. I mean, we spent two, well, 200 euros between three of us, and we had two bottles of wine, three, uh, probably mine and I had three quarters, Christian probably only had two. Really good. So if you feel like, you know, just having a slightly different experience to your street tables, um, try that. It's, uh, it's worth it. Um, and then, after lunch, oh, what I should have said was, um, we left La Heredia in a kind of, in the grip of a, <laughs> of a, a very dense cloud. Couldn't see a thing. But as we climbed up and up and up, up, cloud disappeared, blue sky, beautiful day. Got to Ronda, you know, it's higher up than here. Beautiful day all day. You know, so after lunch, we went for a walk across the gorge, across the, the bridge. You know, it's a, it's a, that bridge is 130 meters high. You know, the, the, the drop down to the bottom of the gorge. Again, if you like Hemingway, in For Whom the Bell Tolls, he talks about, you know, the uh, fascists throwing the uh, socialists off that bridge to save bullets. <laughs> oh God, anyway, that's, that's horrible. But uh, so we walk over that bridge into the, the other half of the city, which we don't often go to. And it's, it's even prettier and nicer, much older, I would say. And uh, God, you know, you walk around there and it's just one breathtaking street after another. And uh, we got to the original old walls built by the Moors. I think they rebuilt them on the foundations that the Romans had uh, created. And uh, you can see the history right there in front of you. It's, 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 it's you know, surprisingly... Um, available, you know, and, and tangible. You know, you can really get into it all and you don't have to, you know, have guided tours and buy tickets and, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> like the Alhambra. You just go. And uh, thoroughly enjoyable. And then, uh, you know, afterwards we got in the car, drove back, <coughs> beautiful day, right up until we got to, well, about Zagaleta which is what, three or four kilometers above La Heredia, and then 
and then it's like going in submarine below water and then boom straight into the cloud couldn't see anything and uh, you know it's extraordinary and it stayed like that for two or three days you know occasionally it would blow blow over a little bit and you know but you'd still see it covering you know everything you know the town of San Pedro and the sea just blanketed in thick I don't know if you'd call it fog or, or cloud, but anyway, that's all gone now. And uh, beautiful, clean sky now. Now this morning, slightly as I said, slightly on the chilly side, but but that's okay. But what what we have had to sacrifice because of this COVID isolation is uh, our Sierra Nevada ski break. Sadly, we'd booked uh, accommodation for a couple of nights and uh, ski pass for the, for two days in the Sierra Nevada, but we can't go. Should be there right now. <clears throat> but I think everybody's quite forgiving about the COVID problem, so we sent them the uh, certificate that shows that I tested positive, and they said, "All right, you can uh, re." move your, your, your booking so we moved it to March and I think the ski pass is just good for two days anytime in the season so we'll go again which is quite good actually because if we go in March I think Josh will be here Maya's boyfriend which will make it more fun although I think Josh has got some misgivings about I don't think he's been skiing before but he'll be alright don't worry Josh <laughs> um so all is not lost and uh, well Maya's a little concerned because we have to isolate for seven days and uh, she's supposed to go back on the 8th um, and you're supposed to have three days without any symptoms before you can you know not be isolating so what to do in her mind I think she's going to go for the COVID test two days before she's due to leave. And if it comes out negative, she's just going to travel. Which is probably fair enough. Because as I say, you know, running from, running from COVID all the time is now, I think, almost, it's, it's almost pointless, you know. I, I, the, the, the speed at which this thing is spreading you almost feel like well I'd, I'd rather get it now and get it over and done with rather than run and hide until the inevitable happens and hopefully this will boost all our immune systems so, because we haven't had the third jab oh god it's nice when I look across there I see the the mighty rock of Gibraltar and the, the matching Atlas Mountains on the opposite side of the Mediterranean. Very nice. Well, you know, maybe it's just doing this podcast, but I feel much better. Still got this sort of pain behind my eyes, but I think that's from too much coughing. Yeah, I feel right. So, I know it's not nice. Hey, Runes, this side. Over here, come on, Rue. Over here. 
he's like come on Rinny, this way this way <laughs> if you've ever been on a safari <laughs> yeah you know how sometimes you you're on one of these kind of open open trucks looking for you know big game or wildlife and that sort of stuff and sometimes they find a lion or a group of lions and they just wander across the road at their own speed you know, you know like they, they walk across a bit like you know liam from oasis you know couldn't give a care about anybody else but we're just like that we walk along the street when cars are coming are you runes yeah you just don't care about cars at all, do you? Oh, Rooney, Booney, Boo. Oh, he's happy now. Not been happy the last couple of days. <sighs> Worried about his dad, haven't you, Rooney? Well, I'm all right. Well, yesterday, I'm, I'm part of a group, a WhatsApp group called Friends of La Heredia. And, you know, you get all kinds of stuff in there. It's quite useful for, you know, if you want advice on where's the, you know, the best local body shop or all that kind of stuff. <laughs> By that, I'm talking about cars. <laughs> Although you do get, like, where's the best manicurist and all that sort of stuff as well. And uh, everybody's keen to help everybody else out. It's good. little community thing. But one thing that appeared on the community website six o'clock last night he's you know lying in bed all day I'm sort of bored stiff I've read everything that I can be bothered to read and I'm just kind of doing what they say you shouldn't do which is flicking through social media and uh, up comes this post in Friends of La Heredia and it's a picture shocking of a, of a, a rabbit cage and inside the rabbit cage is stuffed ten little puppies all you know they can't move and uh, somebody had dumped them on the side of the road and they'd been taken to the sort of animal welfare or rescue center and uh, they're all only, I think they said it was eight weeks old or something and these poor little puppies you know they're adorable they all look a bit like you did when you were young in sort of pitbull mixes and uh, it's all in Spanish but basically they're saying you know it's incredible the cruelty of some people. These poor puppies were dumped. We're desperately looking for foster homes. We can't keep them at the uh, animal shelter. Please call this number or contact us on this email address if you can take one. Well, <laughs> being the old soft touch that I am, I immediately go downstairs, Christina, coughing and splattering and say, hey, look. And she'd already seen it. I don't want another dog. I said, but my, no, I don't want another dog. But mama, I, <laughs> no, closed door. So I thought, well, never mind. Anyway, I, uh, hello, Lenny. Oh God, not Arcee as well. Rooney does not like Arcee. Arcee, don't show your face, as Rooney will come back and give you what for. Hello, little one. <laughs> for, for some reason, Rooney does not like that white dog. Yeah, so. I did show Maya, I shouldn't have done, because she was like a sharp intake of breath. <gasps> Dad! I said, well, Mum says we can't get one, but you know, I just wanted to show you. Oh, don't raise my hopes. She says, you know, I'd be, I'd be coming back far more often for university if you got one of those, <laughs> trying to use the old emotional blackmail on me. 
I don't know. I should think they've all been taken by now because I noticed that 2,700 people had, you know, followed that particular post. It wasn't only on our friends in the Radio post. Hola, que tal? Hola. <laughs> yeah. So, um, with any luck, fingers crossed, they'll all have been taken and found new homes for. If not, if not rooms, you never know. We might, you might become <laughs> surrogate dad. Do one of those little. They all look like you rooms. Could you teach them a few rooney tricks? Maybe, maybe you would like a little friend. Keep company when we're all out of the house. Uh, maybe. Anyway, I don't think anything will happen because of that, but we'll see. Yeah, so it's been a sort of a, a busy Christmas and New Year's holiday period. And I suppose when you think about it, we're bound to get COVID. The place where I suspect, it was a while ago actually, it was around about Christmas Eve, but um, I was in Campo, which is the biggest supermarket around, just getting the last minute Christmas gifts. And when I was checking out, the guy, I, I was doing the self-checkout, I may have mentioned this actually, but the guy who was supervising the self-checkout he had a streaming, running nose and cough and sneezing. God, and you know when you sneeze, it's like a germ flamethrower. It goes everywhere. Even though he had a mask on, every time he sneezed, he took his flipping mask off. So, uh, you just can't tell. You know, and if you don't get it, I think, you know, you're in the minority almost at the moment. Anyway, enough about COVID. It's a dead bore. Just gotta to learn to live with the new normal. Huh. We shall see. Right, well, we're coming back down into the village. And, uh, well, Rooney's. Rooney's got a little spring in his step. And I think, uh, we're definitely on the mend. He stopped. Why have you stopped, Bruce? He usually stops and he sees something, like a something to chase. Anyway, Bruce, should we move into the clothes? Yeah, all right. Off we go. All right. Well. That was awkward. <laughs> I just looked up. And I was just putting my mask down because I just pulled up, putting my mask down and I look across and there's a lady standing in her bathroom in her nighty, staring out of her window. She just caught my eye as I caught her. She just smiled and I just didn't know whether to wave or pretend I hadn't seen. So I pretended I hadn't seen. <laughs> uh, suffice it to say, I'm walking down the the last street of La Heredia. It's called Calle de Alcuscus. 
Oh, it's like all the little streets in this village. It's pretty, very pretty. And the backs of the houses are kind of like, they're, they're the sort of top level. And you think these are tiny houses. Well, they are smallish, but well, not that small. Uh, but there are two floors below, so, you know, they're three-story houses. So yeah, it's uh, it's a very quiet and calm morning. Oh, such a pain, Rens. Ah, right, there we go. slightly awkward moment there. Um, the current <laughs> president of the community, Susanna, was just putting some food out for the cats and uh, Rooney went tearing towards her. <sighs> One, because he likes people, but two, because he wants to eat the cat food. <sighs> so I had to get him on his leash. But awkward because, well, I'm being pushed to you know, run, <laughs> not that I want to, run for president against her, because other people, I think, just don't want her. And uh, so I was asked if I would call a meeting, which I did, before I knew I had COVID, for this coming Friday, which I then had to cancel, because I can't have a meeting where I'm supposed to be isolating. But, uh, you know, I, I, I know she's got, her spies out and uh, so she will know that I called that meeting <laughs> and she will know that I've got COVID so I noticed she had a mask on <sighs> I'll tell you I'm reading a book actually at the moment called How Spies Think very kindly given to me by Richard Evans for my birthday God it's fascinating and it really teaches you how the intelligence community, you know, MI5, MI6, CIA, all, all those guys, how they deal with intelligence and data and what they're looking for. And, you know, it's, uh, it's not a novel, and no story, but the guy who wrote it was headed up, you know, these agencies in the UK, you know, from the Falklands right through to, uh, well, I think, um, to Al-Qaeda. You know, so he's got a lot of experience. Anyway, that's irrelevant. We're in the close now. So I will say thank you for, for rejoining us in 2022. Let's hope that 2022 isn't quite so problematic as 21 as, as, as regards to COVID and, you know, the world. You have to live in hope, don't you? Anyway, thank you for listening and uh, talk again soon.